It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 607 at News Talk WSB. This is Walter Reeves, and I am the Georgia Gardener for the Lawn and Garden Show. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Cobb Galleria, the 33rd annual Fall Atlanta Home Show and Outdoor Living Exposition. And it is going to be a great day here for bargains and for education. There are speakers throughout the day, as well as about 100 or more exhibitors at the Home Show who have everything you need to make your home indoors and outdoors beautiful. you got the typical uh, leaf guards and leaf blowers and this and that and the other, renovating your bath, taking care of your uh, roofing and your electrical needs. We're on the reliable home and air stage, there, heating and air, excuse me, reliable heating and air stage this morning. And there will be speakers here throughout the day. We'll have us online on the air from now until 6 o'clock or until 8 o'clock this morning, 6 a.m. until 8 a.m. this morning. And then we have to go off the air because the University of Georgia Bulldog Show starts. We'll start with pregame coverage around 8 o'clock, but I will remain. I'll be here until around 9.30 this morning. And the great deal is if you get here this morning, if you get to the Cobb Galleria today between the hours of 6 a.m. and 9 a.m., and if you know the password at the, at the front door to the Cobb Galleria, the password is reliable. All you have to say is, hey, I'm here to see the radio show. The password is reliable. Let let you in. And you can be here at before 9 o'clock. And then when the doors open at 10, you are into the show for free. No ticket required. You get to see the full 33rd annual Atlanta Home Show and Outdoor Living Exposition for free. Got it? Here's the deal. We'll be on the air at 8 o'clock. And then I'll stick around from 8 o'clock to 9.30 speaking about bad things happening to good gardeners and how to have a lush fescue lawn for the for the fall and the winter. And then Boyce Johnson, Bryce Johnson will be here in a minute to talk about the uh, 10 can't live without items you must have for your home. He'll be here from 9.30 to 10, so you have something to see and learn about this morning. Our number on Lawn and Garden, 404-872-0750. You can get in to get your question answered and get about your business for the day, as long as it helps to make you more successful doing whatever you do in your garden. One of the things that I think makes me successful and hopefully would make you successful in the garden too is just walking around you know what i mean just walking around sometimes can teach you more about gardening and more about ecology and how your garden and your landscape and your life fit into the ecology around you than just about anything else reading from a book is fine you know reading garden books about gardening and teaches you a little bit but walking around just looking at things and seeing what is happening in your landscape is sometimes more educational than anything you can do and yesterday I had a great example of that I was at a friend's house for dinner last night and I was walking around outside and I saw on the gas meter at the end of the house there was a particular vine a vine I like a lot it's called honey vine it's not all that common it's a member of the milkweed family but it's a vine, and it was growing just prolifically up and down the wall next to the gas meter at her house. And I looked at the vine, and I saw the characteristic milkweed pods. They're conical. If you've ever grown milkweed before, you know what the pod looks like. It's sort of conical. It's about three inches long, an inch wide at the top, and tapers to a point. And I noticed on these 
milkweed, these honey vine pods, they were covered with seed bugs. Now, seed bugs are very distinctive insects. They are orange, and they're about three quarters of an inch long. They have black wings and black markings on their back, and these seed bugs were delightedly devouring the seeds that were inside the milkweed pod, inside this honey vine pod. The seed bugs were eating those seeds delightedly. They were, and I mean, covered in the sense of there were hundreds of seed seed bugs on these on these seed pods of the honey vine. And I thought to myself, now what's happening is a little contest here between the appetite of the seed bugs and the prolific nature of the seeds in the pod, because each one of those honey vine seed pods, again, it's an inch wide, three inches long, and tapers to a point. It contains easily a hundred little fluffy seeds, and when the pod splits open and those seeds uh, start dispersing in the wind, they can go everywhere. And you would have honey vine worse than kudzu if all those seeds germinated. But they don't. Why not? Because the seed bugs are there, and they're looking at the seed pod opening and thinking, boy, that's lunch, that's supper, that's breakfast tomorrow, we're going to have something to eat right now. And so the seed bugs devour most of the seed in the honey vine seed pod. Some of the seed, a few of the seed, four or five or six maybe, out of a hundred of those seed disperse and they go out and one or two of those will germinate and so you have one or two honey vines that, 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 that come up in your landscape. And again, this is an attractive vine. I don't consider it a bad thing to have. but you might be afraid initially if you saw it not knowing what was going on you might initially think look at all those bugs oh my god this is something we got to get the insecticide out and spray but actually if you spray the bugs then you're going to ensure that you have a weed in your garden because honey vine would would reproduce that much more rapidly so that to me was just one more example of walking around and seeing what's going on in your landscape and learning a little bit from it it was fun to see that. It's fun to see all the caterpillars this week. I went to a, a passion vine in my backyard. And if you've ever had um, passion vine, maypop, some people call them. There are various kinds of passion vine species. But maypop is what a lot of us are familiar with. And the uh, passion vine was covered in orange, spiky caterpillars. And they're a little bit frightening. These caterpillars are about two inches long. They have black spikes all over them. And if you saw these caterpillars just out in the woods and thought, oh man, I better not touch that. Those spikes might, might sting me, might hurt me. But the Gulf fritillary caterpillar, that's what these are, is Gulf fritillary butterfly caterpillars, they don't hurt people at all. They chew on the leaves of passion vine very readily. And that's another vine that if we didn't have something out there chewing on the leaves and keeping the vine at bay, we would have a real problem because maypop and passion vine all by itself reproduces like crazy. And uh, the, the caterpillars help to keep it at bay by eating the leaves off of the vine. So it's another situation where there's a self-limiting uh, population in the, in the in natural world. And I saw again so some uh, Gulf fritillary butterfly. They're big orange butterflies. They're about, oh, let's see, two and a half inches wide, maybe about two and a half inches high, and have black markings on the uh, wings. But if you see them outdoors, most often they'll be honing in on the passion vine. That's where they love to lay their eggs because they know the caterpillars that hatch out from those eggs will eat the vine, eat the uh, leaves off the passion vine. 
Our number one more time, 404-872-0750. We start the morning off with our friend in Griffin, Georgia, our friend Nicole. Good morning, Nicole. Mr. Reeve. Nicole, how are you? What have you learned this week? What have you seen this week outdoors, Nicole? Well, <laughs> I went to take a walk in the wood to, to see my stuff. But yeah. uh, even the Akuba is uh, wilting and whipping and pawing. Poor Akuba. What, what, what do you think is going on with the Akuba? Well, it don't have no water and it's planting in the woods, <laughs> so all the trees taking the water for them. They want to survive too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, it's dry. Mm. So, yeah. how's your garlic doing this year, Nicole? Oh, Mr. Reef, I have to tell you that <laughs> my brother is 74 years old, okay? And uh, he, uh, he's the oldest. And all his life, he worked in lumberjack, which is really uh, a tough job. Sure. But in his older, he said, I need something to do. So he worked, he go work in Canada, some field of garlic. They start uh, probably five years ago with half an acre. Yeah. After they went to 11 acre, now they are 35 acres. Oh, my gosh. So they all sell in in U.S. too because most of our stuff is sold in U.S. You see, our garlic taking, I mean, just big time. Everywhere so, you go, they get garlic uh, this and garlic that, and uh, as they harvest the garlic every year, you have a big garlic festival, and everybody comes around to 35 acres of garlic to see what's growing oh, there. You don't even want to smell it. <laughs> it's it burnt. I mean, my brother, he said, I cannot bring my my clothes inside because his wife, she said, I'm smelling garlic. I mean, garlic <laughs> is really powerful, Mr. Reeve. It so, would kill anything. It's sort of like living on a chicken farm. There were times on a chicken farm where the smell told you exactly where you'd been for the past couple of days. And it's hard work because they have to uh, ban over, you know. And he brought uh, one of his uh, nephew. He's only 21 years old. He said, "I had to rescue him at 12 o'clock because he said I could. He couldn't do anything anymore." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard work, even at 21 years old. You know, because you have to bend over, and it's an rain. You know, it's always, and you have to wear long boots and everything. This is really hard work. You know, one of the things about garlic is it grows so far north. And this is where does your brother? Where is he growing the garlic? Uh, it's not too far from Vermont border. From Vermont border, so that's way north, of course, in the United States, and uh, down here in Georgia, we grow garlic too. It's pretty amazing that garlic will have that big of a range of one plant to grow. But even down here, I think sometimes the garlic can become a little bit of a weed in the garden. Mine seeds, I let the seed head sprout and go and disperse seed every year, and I find little pieces of garlic here and there and in different corners of the of the garden. I either pull them up or I don't pull them up, depending on how much garlic I already have. So garlic is a very prolific herb, and we don't think about how easy it is to grow garlic in Georgia. And it's not really a, a crop. It's not expensive because you replant, mm -hmm. you know, for the next season. But those are big. I mean, elephant... Uh, I don't know what they call it, elephants. Um, Elephant garlic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the garlic is really big, you know. Are they as big as your fist? How big is the, are the garlic heads? I couldn't tell you. The leaves got to be like maybe a half an inch wide. Wow. I mean, those nice. are <laughs> monster garlic. Another example of a plant you can grow just by going to the grocery store. Ginger, I've got ginger plants growing. Then I bought the ginger root at the grocery store. I've got garlic, and I'm sure my garlic originally came from a grocery store many years ago. Well, uh, Nicole, I see the clock has got to get out of here, so we can't talk about your brother and his garlic anymore, but congratulations on that. And 
You know, if you have to wear the clothes when you go to your brother's house, maybe you should just have your garlic clothes and leave them there when you leave from his house uh, so you don't smell so bad. We'll see you next Saturday, Nicole. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day, too. We'll see you soon at 618. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Basically, it's the same weather forecast we've had for the past two months it pretty much sounds like mostly sunny today no rain high in the low 90s pretty much the same clear skies overnight lows in the low 70s and pretty much the same for tomorrow as well 404-872-0750 the number on lawn and garden we've got jimmy and conyers who joins us first welcome to the lawn and garden show jim morning sir morning sir what's going on yes sir i have a pink lemon uh and I've been north nurturing it for the past three years. Wow. Um, first time it, it kind of died out on me and I brought it back. Now it's about five feet tall. It's flourished with a lot of leaves. Only one time I saw one flower on it when I had it in my basement in the wintertime. Right, sure. And uh, recently I noticed all the leaves about falling off. Now, did you grow it from a seed, Jimmy? No, sir. I got it. I got a little plant from a friend. I got it. And um, you know, I just I'm wondering what's going on. Why it's not even bearing a fruit or anything? Because I, I tell you what so I much. what I think what I think's going on, Jimmy, is that lemon trees have a certain size, a certain maturity, a certain um, age that they like to be before they start blooming. And sadly, yours likes to be, most lemon trees like to be six or seven feet high before they start blooming. Now, there's Meyer lemon, which is a small lemon that a lot of people have as an indoor plant. And Meyer lemon will bloom when it's only a couple of feet tall. So it's the one that a lot of people use inside. They take it outside during the summertime. But the pink lemon, my bet is it was bought somewhere in Florida where pink lemon would grow outside and they wouldn't worry too much about the size of it. But yours, it wants to flower. Every reproducing flowering plant wants to flower. Yours just didn't got, hasn't gotten to an age where it is able to flower. It was able to put the flower buds on it yet. And so all I can offer to you, Jimmy, is to keep it at a size you can take it in and out of the house, you know, keep it trimmed a little bit on the edges. And after some more time, it will finally say, okay, it's time to bloom and you'll have some flowers and hopefully some lemons too. Okay. What about that, all the leaves falling off now? Uh, the biggest thing that causes leaves to fall off on my lemon tree, and I get this too, is called spider mites. I don't have time to tell you all the ways to look for spider mites, but you can usually see them very, very tiny things on the backside of the lemon tree leaves. So look for spider mites, and if you find them, you can go to my website and just type spider mite in the search line. It'll tell you how to control spider mites. But don't let spider mites get ahead of you inside. Because I learned to my dismay that spider mites really, really like to be indoors during the wintertime and they reproduce like crazy. So get rid of the spider mites. Be sure you're watering and you know how to do that, Jimmy, too. But take care of it. And again, as it gets older, hopefully someday soon, you get more flowers and get a few lemons to enjoy on it. 
Thanks for calling, Jim. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. We'll be back right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.35 on a Saturday morning. Our audience is slowly trickling in this morning. We're at the 33rd annual Fall Atlanta Home Show at the Cobb Gallery. We've been broadcasting live this morning. We've been broadcasting on the air from now until 8 a.m., but somebody will be here to talk and do presentations from now until 10. And if you get here between now and 9 a.m. this morning to the Cobb Gallery and know the password, which is reliable, because we're on the reliable heating and air stage, then you'll be able to get into the show for free without a ticket when the gates open at 10 o'clock. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. In the next half hour, we'll have Rodney. He wants to know about how to control nut sedge in Bermuda. Boy, that is a tough problem. We'll have um, Jonathan in Claremont who wants to know about fescue that's creeping into his Bermuda. Gary wants to know about centipede seed heads. Well, they grow more centipede for him. But right now, Paul is in Johns Creek, and he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Paul. Good morning. Paul? Paul, 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 Paul. Hey, Walter, he how are you? Hey, Paul, good morning. What's going on? Well, not much. I'm on the way to LJ, and I'm so excited. I love it up there in Gilmer County. Great. And uh, I've got some property, about 100 acres, that's got an awesome creek running through it, and I want to grow trees. Awesome. And uh, right now I'm trying to kind of negotiate all the, uh, you know, the bureaus, the government bureaus, the Corps of Engineers, I think, are in charge of public water. There's a huge creek, and I'm understanding I can't irrigate directly out of the creek. Correct. Um, so I'm trying to make sure that I meet all the legal uh, guidelines for, you know, doing what I need to do. And, and, and my question has to do with that, any tips on that. And also, what what do you think I should try to grow up there? I'd like to grow ornamental uh, plants for the green industry. And, yeah. uh, you know, don't I, either I need a consultant or I need you. So <laughs> <laughs> You don't need me, um, okay. but I can guide you to somebody, some people that you do need. How about that? Good. That's and awesome. you're yep. you're right. There are a lot of regulations about if you have a creek and you have water flowing on your property, how far you have to be away from that creek before you can plant, plow, apply pesticides. And so be sure that you understand what all the rules are before you get started strongly because you don't want to break a rule and then be punished for doing that because you didn't know. Yes, the right. people, I think, that can best guide you on what is the course to growing ornamental trees are people who are already doing it now and who would be willing to share their information and there's a wonderful group of professionals here in Atlanta the Georgia Urban Ag Council Georgia Urban Ag Council and it's a group of professionals in the industry both growers and I'll give you another name in just a minute of another association to contact with the Georgia Urban Ag Council is headquartered in Atlanta and they have a gr group of growers they meet once a month and I would say that that would be your next uh, thing to do would be to go and visit with them and uh, have a meeting with their executive director, Mary Kay Woodworth, and just say, what do you think I should be growing? The other organization is the Georgia Green Industry Association, GGIA, 
and they have a big um, uh, 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 conference every year. And you can go on their website, which is ggia.org, and find out what their uh, conference schedule is and go and attend that and talk to some of the growers there. There are growers all over Georgia, and hopefully most of them making a little bit of money, and you could be that person too, making a little money as well. I think Jimmy dropped off right there, but basically the GGIA, Georgia Green Industry Association, and the Georgia Urban Ag Council, either one of them would be very helpful to teach uh, nascent gardeners what to grow and how to become a tree grower for the ornamental industry. Rodney is in Atlanta with a question about the nut sedge in his Bermuda. Hey Rodney, good morning. Good morning. What you got? Uh, all I got to say is nut sedge is no good. <laughs> <clears throat> I have just been finding that out, I guess. My nut sedge last year, I had a small patch and I got it under control, I thought. This year, it has just taken off. Yeah. And I don't know what to do. Nut sedge is one of the most insidious weeds, mainly because it doesn't reproduce as much as others do by seed. I mean, you can see a seed head. You know what a seed head looks like for nut sedge, even the little spiky yellow thing. But really and truly, they don't reproduce as fast by seed as they, as they reproduce by underground tubers. That's the problem, because you don't see those tubers. And each one of those nut sedge plants has a little network of tubers around it, two or three inches away from the main leaf that you see coming out of the ground. And so if you pull the main leaf, the nut sedge says, not a problem. I've got five more just like me within the next six inches away from my stem. And then they sprout up, and you pull each one of them up, but each one of them probably has developed five or six tubers, five or six inches away from the stem there. And you can keep pulling the rest of your life, Rodney, and you'll never get it under control because it continues to grow underground. What a weed. Hey. So what are we doing? So, you got it in Bermuda. So how, much, how much uh, area are we talking about, uh, Rodney? Is it like five square feet or 50 square feet or how big is the patch? Uh, well, it has turned into probably 5,000 square feet. Wow! Yeah, I got a big yard. <laughs> the key in controlling nut grass or nut sedge is figuring out which one you have. There are two. There's one called yellow nut sedge and one that's purple nut sedge. One has a chain of tubers and one has a ring of tubers, if you care to dig them up. And so the best way, I think, to control it is to get a product that controls both yellow and purple. Image is a product that controls one but not the other. But there's a product you can find at some nurseries and sometimes you just have to go online and order it. It's called Sedgehammer. And Sedgehammer does a terrific job on controlling both yellow and purple nut sedge. And there are other over-the-counter products which do a pretty good job. Um, the Bayer Season Long Weed Control does a pretty good job. The Ortho Weed Begone Max does a pretty good job. The Bonide Weed Beater Ultra does a pretty good job. They sell at Pike. But read the label because it says which kind of nut grass it controls. And you might want to do a little checking with the seed head. Sometimes you can tell the difference there between yellow and purple. But okay. you've got several options. But the key, I think, is persistent control. You're not going to get complete control with one spray. It'll take a couple where you really have the nut sedge going going away. Okay. Well, great. Sorry you've got it, but it is indeed one of the world's worst weeds because it is so invasive and so 
non-easy to control and so hard to figure out exactly where it is. So you got a job yeah. ahead of you, but with yeah, some persistence, you can do it. Uh, right. When I, I looked down and looked at my yard, and I was like, that's not what I bought. <laughs> <That's not a laughs> <beauty> <laughs> <grass>. <laughs> All right, well, Ryan, well, good luck with it. Sedgehammer or one of the other products, they'll, they'll do fine for you. Thanks for calling, man. Jonathan is in Claremont, Georgia, and Jonathan joins us. Hey, Jonathan, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Thank you for taking my call. Sure, man. I, I had a Bermuda uh, uh, grass in my yard, and uh, I got a really nice lawn, but my next-door neighbor, he's got fescue. And uh, when he cuts his grass, or even when I cut mine, I've got uh, fescue popping up all over in my yard. And I guess some of the seeds just keep coming over into my yard and hmm. getting just get everywhere. I've got fescue popping up everywhere. And I just want to see what I could do to get rid of it. Is there something that keeps the Bermuda from growing real strongly in your yard? Is it shady or something like that? It'd be more conducive to fescue in your yard? Uh... Well, I mean, it just it seems like it's taken over in some spots, and uh, I just can't get rid of it. I just wanted to see what I could get, do to get rid of it. I've, As you probably have heard over the last couple of years, Jonathan, I've become more and more convinced that the first line of defense against weeds, or in, in your case, not exactly a weed, but another grass that you don't want, the first line of defense is making sure the grass that you do want has, has the best conditions to grow. And so if you've got Bermuda and it's in full sun, that's not the greatest for fescue, but fescue can come into little holes, little patches and places in the Bermuda grass. But mowing, to me, would be one of the very first things that would control fescue in Bermuda because if you mow Bermuda at one, one and a half, maybe two inches or so, fescue is terrible. It does not like to be mowed that low. So one thing would be to mow it low enough to keep the Bermuda happy and the fescue unhappy. And the other one is during the summertime when you're, when you're fertilizing, as you fertilize Bermuda, do that at least twice, if not three or four times for the Bermuda grass, which makes it real thick, which gets, gets rid of all the holes that the fescue can, can germinate in and also makes the fescue unhappy because you'll hear me many times say, don't fertilize fescue in the summertime because it makes it susceptible to diseases and heat damage and things like that. So changing the environment goes a long way to controlling the fescue, Jonathan. Make the Bermuda okay. happy and make the fescue sad. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so I just keep fertilizing my Bermuda and cutting the yeah. grass low. And, uh, well, my other neighbor, he had the same problem with his because it's just like an empty lot that has this fescue and it sort of blows over onto his as well. Sure. And he had a lawn uh, care business that takes care of his lawn and they came out and just sprayed all the fescue with like a roundup or something yeah, yeah is that sure. something i would have to do as well i mean it left dead spots but then his bermuda took back over it, it works <laughs> you saw okay. what happened over there it's quick and easy um the the real key is if you have a big dead spot that just had fescue in you spray it with roundup then you may get Bermuda to creep into it reasonably quickly, but you also have a chance of other weeds getting a start in that dead spot too. So I'm sure the lawn service was kept aware of what was going on. Your, your neighbor was kept aware too. So if a little bitty spot is fine and the Bermuda fills in that real quickly, but if it's a great big area, you've got to worry about other weeds getting a head start on you too. Okay. All right, Walter, well, thank you very much for your time. I'll try that. Hey, Jonathan, thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye -bye. Gary's with us. Gary from Palmetto, Georgia is with us this morning. Hey, Gary, good morning. 
Yeah, good morning from Palmetto, Walter. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, How can I, I have help? I have a centipede loan, and, uh, and shortly, in the next week or so, it's already started a little bit. It's going to start sending out some seed shoots. Sure. And I was just wondering if those seed shoots are going to produce viable seed that will uh, start growing maybe next uh, summer and uh, thicken up my lawn. And also, how long, how tall do I have to let these shoots get before I cut my grass? Number one, I'm impressed that you knew that the question sometimes is, will it produce viable seed? St. Augustine produces seed heads, and they produce seed all the time, but they're not viable. And so the St. Augustine grass seed heads, you can let them grow till they're two feet tall, and they will not ever produce viable seeds more than one in a hundred. Centipede seeds, it's about 50% of them or so will be viable, Gary. So... I don't know. It's a, it's, it would be a horse race to decide which one I would say to do, whether to let the centipede grow tall and let the seeds fall down. You will get some of them to germinate, yes. Um, will it be something that just covers over the whole lawn with seed? The centipede comes up strongly. Probably not as strong as you think it will. Okay, so you're talking about maybe three, four, or five inches tall before I give, give it a cut, even though it's not growing that fast now because of the drought. Yeah, that's about right. Three or four, five, five inches tall. Yeah, we needed about five inches before the seed heads really have gotten tall enough to mature um, seeds on it. Yeah, five. I think that'd okay. be about right. So just, just leave it. Hope for some rain. Yeah, pray for rain. That's exactly what we need to do. Yeah, because but, my grass is real teal colored now, so it's really stressing. But once yeah. it, once it rains, it pops up green real real fast. Yeah, good for you. Thanks for calling, Gary. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. 648 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Same story, same weekend. It's going to be about the same as it was last weekend. Basically 90 degrees this afternoon, maybe in the low 90s, 91 or 2. Same overnight, lows in the low 70s. Clear skies, not much chance of rain. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We're broadcasting live today from the 33rd annual Fall Atlanta Home Show at the Cobb Galleria. You can get in to the Fall Home Show by arriving sometime this morning between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. As long as you know the password, reliable, at the front gate, then you can get into our radio broadcast and you'll be able to get into the show for free after that. Mondo, Mondo is up in Dahlonega and joins us in Lawn and Garden. Mondo, good morning. Hey, Walter. How are you doing today? Hey, man. I'm fine. What's going on? Hey, I have this plan that uh, we got a couple of years ago that had this beautiful flower that I found online. It's called uh, Passion of Christ. Huh. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I put it over by the garden, and it took over the whole garden. <laughs> but oh my there's gosh. This, plant, this plant that uh, the, it looks like a, a, a lime that it produces. The flower is beautiful, and it's got... And, and I just can't figure out online what this, what we can do with this, with this. We've line. got to figure out uh, what it is. I'm not familiar with a plant called Passion of Christ. So describe it a little bit better for me, Mondo, so I know the leaves, what color is the flower. Give me a little more detail. It's a purplish flower. It has 
little strings that come out, about 12 little strings on each of uh, the flower. Uh, uh, it has uh, petals, purple petals, uh, yellow on the inside. It's, uh, it's an incredible looking flower. Let me, inter- uh, let me interrupt you, Mondo. Sure. Nothing is coming to mind right now. I see the clock is ticking away on me, too, here. The best way to identify a plant that's unusual if you don't know what it is is to submit it on my website. There's a little button that says name that plant. You submit three pictures of whatever you have. And I have a crew of people who like to identify it. And so put it on my website. I would love to see what it is. I'll note it and try to remember it. Next time someone calls about Passion of of Christ, I'll know what it is. Name that plant at WalterReeves.com. This is Lawn and Garden. We'll be back after news. Is it I'm in your 